Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally again with the voice of my beloved podcast. We are going through the Song of Solomon series. We have um, gotten through a lot of the beginning uh, bits here. We're on chapter 2, verse 4. That's where we're at right now, uh, which we're, we're, it's been a really fun study. And just so you know, you all know this. Uh, I've been learning a lot from this too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you want to learn something really well, teach it. Teach and then you, it. You learn it better. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always, uh, it's, it's really been, uh, yeah, an encouragement to, to me in this season as well. And I think it's just, it's one of those things I think we just need to really have, uh, in the forefront, uh, more often than we, than we really give credit to sometimes. I feel like it helps us get our whole world into perspective, <laughs> you know, and we can really understand this picture of the bride and the groom. I think it's a, it's just a really beautiful thing. Well, even the fact that God is love, right? That, that's yeah. the essence of who he is. So when we can understand his love, then we're understanding really who God is. Right, right. Yeah. And just the, I, I love the whole thing about how it's a journey too. And it's not just some really simple, like this is like a complex journey of like emotions and feelings and, um, and, you know, developing, uh, foundations, you know, (laughs) foundations and developing, uh, patterns in your life. You know, it's all like a part of that, of growing faithful, learning what faithfulness is, learning what. Through every season. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Through every season. So, um, so it's, yeah, this has been an encouraging thing for me. Um, we are still counting the Omer here. We've got four days to go, day forty-six, and uh, it's it's getting pretty exciting around here. We've it's we're all very excited. You know, I think most of us haven't really been out and about much lately, and so uh, it's it's really exciting to be able to to welcome a bunch of of people here onto the campus and really be able to enter into this feast together. So I'm I'm excited and expectant. Of what of what God's going to do here with this uh, with this group of people, and so uh, yeah, we pray that you all have a blessed uh, Shavuot as well as you all are counting that you will have an encounter um, with our our holy God uh, as we draw near to this time. And uh, I think you know the, just the whole picture of the Holy Spirit too. This is the Holy Spirit is really emphasized here with the Pentecost with this time of Shavuot. And the Holy Spirit uh, was sent to prepare the bride, right? And to um, just like Eleazar was sent out to find a bride <laughs> for uh, for Jacob, it was it's the Holy Spirit that's kind of been sent into the world to prepare this bride. And so I think that's uh, something that we can all be thinking about as we enter into Shavuot this year, uh, thinking about. Um, I don't know, for me, like a prayer I really love praying is just, uh, God, let my eyes be open to what your Holy Spirit is, is doing and my ears being open to what the Holy Spirit is doing because that's, we want to say yes and amen to whatever that process is <laughs> that as he's making us all ready. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's about it. We can jump right into the, into the study. <laughs> yeah, so here we are, chapter 2, verse 4. 
he brought me to the banqueting house, or some people say banqueting table, and the literal translation is actually house of wine. I don't know how they got banqueting table out of house of wine. <laughs> Beit hayayin is pretty clear. The Hebrew Beit is house, yayin is wine. I'm not sure where they got banqueting table from from that. But uh, yeah, he brought me to the house of wine, and his banner over me was love. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some really cool songs from this verse. Oh, yeah. uh, that old uh, song, I think it's like back from the 80s. He brought me to his banqueting table. He's just saying, he brought me to his house of wine, his banner <laughs> over me, his love. So uh, that's, that's a great song. And then uh, there's a beautiful Hebrew song too. If you get the chance to look it up, uh, it's, it's, uh, it goes, Heavy It's a really beautiful Hebrew song right out of this verse. Yeah. So yep. this, we, this is a really special verse for us as well. Uh, this is because of our, in our story, that whole picture of the banner over me is love and that he's going to bring me to his, his house. Basically it was a uh, very, I love the, the promise that there is in that, uh, that there's, there's such a, a surety, you know, when, when you read that the, these words, you know, there's nothing shaky about it. It's very sure. It's a very sure thing. Right. And this played a big part in our own story, right? Yeah. I actually got inspired from this verse to actually make a banner that said, ahava, yeah. it says love on it. <laughs> and I wanted to give that to Tally so she could know this is the way I, I felt about her, right? Yes. Whenever she was doubting if I really loved her, she could look up at that banner and go, oh, no, he loves me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Those played a big part. <laughs> yeah. So it's important for the bride of Yeshua to, you know, because sometimes we grapple with, are we loved? You know, does, does he actually love me? Mm-hmm. And uh, the accuser of the brethren is right there always trying to say, no, he doesn't really love you. You've made too many mistakes. But no, his banner over us is love. And that's just a powerful mm-hmm. way to live is yeah. to know that his love is over us. His love is what really motivates us to obey him. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this verse here. It says, he brought me. And so just right there, that very beginning point, we see he's the one that did it. He mm-hmm. brought me. It wasn't that, you know, I climbed a really tall mountain and made it to that banqueting table or made it to that <laughs> house of wine. He brought me. He, he's like the shepherd, right? That going after the lost sheep. He picked me up and brought me to the house of wine. Mm-hmm. So it's him. It's all, it's all him. He's the one that, that accomplished it for us. He, he worked the, the work of salvation for us. So, so powerful. So it says to the house of wine. And so a house of wine is a place of celebration, right? He's bringing this place of joy, of celebration. Psalm 104, 15, it says, and wine that makes glad the heart of man. And so here he's bringing us this place just to be filled with this overflowing joy of his goodness. You know, you take wine, it's like, oh, you just, you feel this, this warmth, this, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, he's bringing you to the house of wine. His banner over me is love. It's also like victory too. Like a lot of times you have a glass of wine. You yeah, know, to celebrate like, to victory. Celebrate, you know, yeah. like we made it. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then his banner, uh, just to touch on that a little bit more. So armies back in ancient times would go out with their banners. And this is kind of what gave them identity, right? You know, like even in war times, you know, people are like fighting to keep the flag up, right? They're trying to, you know, they're, you see these, there's famous pictures of you know, soldiers just fighting to keep the American flag standing up. 
So this banner is speaking of identity. You know, as long as that flag's standing, then it kind of gave the soldiers this sense of victory, this sense of like, okay, we're still in the fight, you know? Mm -hmm. But for us, we're in a fight too, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to realize this banner of love is, is basically our identity. Just like the armies would go out to battle with this banner for their army, our banner is love. You know, the banner that he's placed over us is love, and this is our victory. Mm -hmm. You know, this is our sign of victory, you might say, is that we're loved by him. The enemy's not going to get the upper hand. We, we're uh, loved by him with an extravagant love, and we're going to see victory because he's for us. And so this is so, uh, so important. Mm -hmm. And then along the same idea here with banners says Psalm 60 verse four, you have given a banner to those who fear you that it may be displayed because of the truth. Selah. You know, in, in the scriptures, when it says Selah, that's the Hebrew word for a big rock, a Selah. So whenever you see in the Psalms, it says Selah, it's like pause. Think about it for a little bit. Just <laughs> throw that out there. But anyway, this is, this is something to give pause to, to think about a banner to those who fear you. And uh, this is something we all want to, you know, receive that banner from him as we're fearing God, right? There's, there's mm -hmm. such a place of fearing God, of just trembling. You know, in Isaiah, it says, he will look upon those who tremble before him. There's a sense of awe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we receive his love, his banner over us is love, but it doesn't exclude fearing God. Mm -hmm. And this is sometimes where you can run into a problem where he's like, oh, it's just, you know, all this uh, love apart <laughs> from the fear of God, right? right, but right. We want to have both. We want to have the fear of God and a deep love for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how it says uh, that it may be displayed because of the truth too. Uh, just because of that, it's like... Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. It's something that people can almost see. Like it should be displayed on us, you know. It's not something to be like um, hidden or something. Like this should be like a very obvious thing, you know, that it should be our identity. People see it on us that, that we there's a love banner over us. Like right. that's, how, that's how we walk. We walked as I'm a person who's loved because that's the truth. Right. You know, because well, that's even the epistles, he talks about, put, he says, put on love. Right? Yeah. So this is something so powerful just to walk in that. And mm -hmm. so he's given a banner to those who fear him, that mm -hmm. it may be displayed because of the truth. Mm -hmm. So he wants our lives to be a living testimony of what his love has done for us. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we want to walk in. And, and two, for those out there that you may be going through a trial, you may be going through a difficult time in your life, but when you declare his banner over me is love, basically what you're doing is you're declaring that yes he everything he does in my life is motivated by love even the hard times yeah even the trials i'm confident that this trial i'm going through is actually actually the author of this trial is a god who is motivated by love for me mm -hmm. he's setting this up you know paul even said all things are for you basically <laughs> so he's like all the circumstances yeah you're being beaten you're being jailed you're be all these but it's all for you god's doing a great work in your life and he's actually refining you and this is part of his purpose so if you live that way nothing can get you down right you, you can't you, you can't be all of a sudden like oh man you know maybe it's maybe this is all just a happenstance you know <laughs> no when you know god's banner over you is love at all times he is relating to you he's he's putting situations in your life to bring about the best for you when you can have that confidence you're you're immovable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's, that's where you want to, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to be found is rooted and grounded in God's love. Mm -hmm. So moving on to verse five it says, sustain me with cakes of raisins, refresh me with apples for I am lovesick. 
And uh, I know, Tally, you, you like this word, lovesick. Yeah. Tally kind of has a uh, tendency for drama. And so like, <laughs> <laughs> lovesick is just like, oh, yes, that's a great word. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, well, it was one of those things that it's like you always heard that. I don't know, for me, it's like you heard the word lovesick and it just was like, what is that? But it wasn't until like I was betrothed that I was like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe this is what our heavenly bridegroom, he wants us to be in that place of just being lovesick. Yeah. And, and just this is where the bride is going to be, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is going to, she's going to be in a place of just loving him with all that she has. And this is a beautiful, beautiful way to live, a beautiful goal to aim for. Oh, make me lovesick. Make mm-hmm. me so in love with you that all the other distractions, all the other lovers of this world pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one that loves you so much, he gave his life. And so this is a powerful place to be. So looking back, uh, cakes of raisins. So you look back at Second Samuel 6, 19, and this is the story where David is bringing in the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And after it comes in, he then, everyone goes home and he sends them away with cakes of raisins, among some other things. Uh, he says, uh, he gave to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat and a cake of raisins. And so here we have you know, a picture of, of David, who is a picture of the bridegroom, mm-hmm. you know, son, the son of David, bridegroom Yeshua. Mm-hmm. He's given a cake of raisins to the people. And uh, so uh, the king is generous to sustain his people. You know, think about raisins. When you, you know, a lot of people actually climbing Mount Everest, or if you look on, I, I sometimes want to just look at packages, like what's written around the package. And so if you, I noticed in this bag of raisins that like, this guy said, this is how we climbed Mount Everest. We took these raisins with us. <laughs> <laughs> and so raisins are very energy giving. And so the bride here, she's just come out of the house of wine. You could say she's a bit inebriated by God's love, mm-hmm. you know? And so she's almost like overcome by God's love. And so she's like, oh, sustain me with raisins. I need something to kind of energize me too. Cause you know, wine okay. is a, it's a relaxing thing, right? It's a relaxing thing. It's almost, you can get overcome by wine. And so God's love is pictured like that. His love is like wine. It can overcome you. You just, your, your heart is overcome. It's full. It's the full to overflowing. But then, Raisins, which are actually come from the same plant, right? right. Wine and raisins, <laughs> the same, same plant. So God's love, it can fulfill both roles in our lives. We can be overcome and intoxicated by God's love, but then we can also receive the raisins. The raisins are what help us to actually accomplish something. Right? <laughs> 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 the raisins give us energy. You know, he's like, oh, it's just, she's like, she's overcome. It's like, oh, hold off on the wine. It's too strong. <laughs> give me some raisins. You know, you, I just, you know, you can almost hear this, <laughs> this heart that she has. Just, oh, wow. This is just, I'm overcome. Yeah. And she says, I'm lovesick. And, uh-huh. and uh, unless you think that's some sort of mistranslation, it's the actual Hebrew. <laughs> lovesick. It's cholat <laughs> ahava. Sick. Love. It's love. She's actually, oh, she just, you know, she's like, just got this um, overcome feeling uh-huh. from being in that house of wine. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, when I was, when I was betrothed uh, to, to Brayden, I was, I was fairly useless around the house. Like my <laughs> you should have been praying that give me some raisins. <laughs> I know. Well, the funny thing is you actually have a lot to do in that season. And right. I mean, just like we do, you know, it's like, yeah, the ultimate goal, you know, the probably the number one priority is that is that you are lovesick. Like God forbid that you actually are right. are not lovesick you don't lose because that. you just yeah. you, you have to get stuff done and you just don't even pay attention to the relational aspect of things. I mean, that's the most important thing. But um 
but you actually have to get things done too, like make a wedding dress, get ready for a wedding, you know, change. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are just practicality. And so like, I'm just thinking of the same, the same picture of us as the bride. We, we need to have that love sickness. Like that needs to be a part of it. We need to have that relationship that is growing where we're growing in love, but we also can't be like, like laid up because of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's actually a call, a like a call that he has on us as the bride to actually get, get ready. There's righteous acts. Like that's the, that's the, right. uh, the wedding dress are righteous acts. Like that's, that's actually doing something, <laughs> you know, like working in righteousness and being a part of the whole, um, you know, praying that God would send laborers to the harvest. You know, there's going to be a lot of work to be done. The harvest is a busy season. Uh, it's a time of getting ready and, and stuff. And so, um, yeah, so you have to have that both aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Drunk important. with the wine <laughs> and then also eating food so you can actually accomplish things in life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yes. It's, it's all from the same source. It's God all, is the yes. one. He's the all in all. He's the one that supplies the wine. He's the one that supplies the raisins. Mm-hmm. So looking at this love sickness as well, if we back up, you know, as the ground we've already covered in Song of Songs, we see, we can see what motivated this love sickness. For one, she's experienced the house. She's been in the house, you know, the chambers, the king has brought me into his chambers. Mm -hmm. We see how she's feasted at the table. She's been at the ta table, you know, he's talked about the spikener sending forth his fragrance at the, as the king was at his table. She's even uh, been, she said, our bed is green. So you got the table, the house, the bed. She's experienced all these, these this bounty of the king. Mm -hmm. And this is what brings her to lovesickness. And so for you out there listening, for us, as we feast at the table of the king, as we partake of all that he has provided for us at the table in his house, seated with him. You know, as I mentioned before, that word could also be translated as uh, our bed, our, our seat is green. Our couch is green. You know, you're seated in heavenly places with Messiah. As you feast on the revelation of what you have in him, that's where you become lovesick. That's where your your heart is full of gratitude and, and you're just, you're bursting at the seams with love. And that this is where he, he wants us. He wants us to feast on what he's provided for us. So then we respond and we come to this place of being lovesick for him. Mm -hmm. So then moving on to verse six, it says his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. Mm -hmm. So here we have the left hand. And this is interesting. If you, if you ever study much of the song of songs, there's a lot made of the left hand here because the left hand behind the head, you can't see that hand, right? It's the, the unseen work of God. It's the things that he's done in your life that you're not even aware of. He protected you. He kept you from this relationship that was going to be damaging. He protected you from uh, an accident, you know, a car accident. He protected you. And so his left hand speaks of God's work in your life that you can't even see. You know, there's only a fraction really of what we can actually see mm -hmm. that God has protected us from, that he's, he's preserved us. And so his left hand is under the bride's head. The bridegroom is protecting her in ways she can't even see. And then his right hand embraces her. And so she's being supported. We just saw that she's lovesick, right? She's almost swooning <laughs> under the, <laughs> under the uh, impact of his love. So, but his right hand embraces her. She, he's almost, the picture here is the bridegroom is supporting her mm -hmm. to stand. 
You know, he's, he's, she's embraced. I love Ephesians 1, 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. I just think of that word embraced and accepted. When a person begins to really digest that, begins to really own that truth, that they're beloved, they are embraced. This is the place that you are as the bride of Messiah. His left hand, he's holding up your head with his left hand. With his right hand, he's embracing you. Mm -hmm. He totally embraces you and loves you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also bringing to mind uh, the verse that says, you cover my head in the day of battle. And um, just like how... um, yeah, how you feel at times your head is sometimes like your mind, your brain is what where your emotions are coming from and everything. And just to think like that that is being supported, it's being protected, it's being covered. Um, even as, you know, because I, I know that the enemy, a lot of times that's where, um, you know, that's where he comes in is, is in your thought life, you know, trying to sow seeds of doubt and stuff in your, in your mind, you know, in your head. And so, uh, yeah, just what a comfort that is that his left hand is under my head. You know, it's, right. it's supporting me. It's, it's there. It's not, uh, I'm not on my own. Uh, he's covered my head in the day of battle. You know, that, that whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I even remember reading about Golgotha. Golgotha, you know, it's the place of the skull. You know, Yeshua died at the place of the, you could say the place of the head, mm-hmm, right? right? In order to gain the victory for our thoughts, to gain the victory for our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he beat the power of the enemy at the place of the head, you could say, at the place mm-hmm. of the skull. And, uh, and this is where he beat the power of the enemy. And so for you out there, I just encourage you in your thoughts that you be a Psalm 1 person, that you're thinking about God's word, that you're allowing his word to, to wash over you. And, and this is what Yeshua died for. Mm-hmm. It's, he died that you could be redeemed, that your thoughts could be on, on good things, right? That your mm-hmm. thoughts could be, you could be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Romans mm-hmm. talks about. And so this, this is what he, he purchased you to be brought forth as a pure bride. And that, a lot of that begins right in your thoughts, you know, right in that place of your meditations. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to be outworked in your actions. Right. And so this is so key to, to, for it to be on the inside, mm-hmm. inside of your heart. So now looking at verse seven, we're here. It says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases, or it could also be translated until she pleases. So there's a few different ways. You can look at this verse. Uh, one of the primary ways it's seen is that it's the bridegroom speaking here. And so he's saying, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem. We see the daughters of Jerusalem come up quite a few times throughout the song. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not really sure you know, what their identity is exactly. I, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, throughout the Bible, it's amazing. If you do a study on the daughters of Zion then or, or daughters of Jerusalem, they're all over the place. If you actually yeah. compare the daughters of Zion to the sons of Zion, I think sons of Zion shows up like one or two times, whereas daughters of Zion show up like over, way over 50 times. <laughs> so it's just like, they're much more popular in they're the Bible. mysterious <laughs> role in the Bible. Yeah, they're, it's an interesting thing. Uh, but kind of the basic understanding of this verse is, I, the bridegroom is saying, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem. These, these daughters of Jerusalem are part of the, of the people of God. The, mm-hmm. the body, you could say. Mm-hmm. And well, they want to be in Jerusalem, right. where, the, where God's presence is dwelling. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. 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 So th- this is the one perspective that is understood is like, okay, they're part of the people of God, and but God's telling them, oh, daughters of Jerusalem, uh, 
be careful. The bride is in this sensitive spot right now. You know, she's been in the house of wine. You know, she's, she's experienced a lot of my goodness and grace, and she's actually been hurt before by the people of God. The bridegroom is saying, be careful as you're relating to the bride because she's in this sensitive spot. She's like one of these does in the field. She's mm-hmm. like a, uh, this gazelle that's easily startled, Mm-hmm. easily disturbed, easily distracted. Mm-hmm. So he said, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until she pleases. Mm-hmm. So try not to, it's basically saying, don't coerce her. Don't uh, manipulate her. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me do this work in her life. And yes, you know, you want to be there to encourage her, but um, don't don't try to feel like you got to get in there and manipulate the, the situation. Yeah, I I really feel like there could be a whole book written just on this verse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so much you know, there's so many little pieces here that could be talked about for a very long time. Yeah, cuz we've talked about even it's, the human element of well, no, you know, I, yeah. Yeah, cuz it's, you know, it, it kind of is yeah, it goes okay, so on the human aspect, I think that, you know, that it shows just how fragile we are as humans. Like we're, we're humans. We've been in the earth where we've been hurt. We've been broken at times. We've been, we've been tricked. We've been scared at times, you know, and, and, you know, you think of a doe or a a gazelle, you know, they're easily startled because they have to be, because they have to be on guard. Like there's scary things out there. You have to be on guard, you know? And so um, it just kind of shows like, it's like, you know, your emotions as humans, as women, especially, you know, because this is directed, you know, about the women. So this is, I'm just talking about on a human level here. Like it's just saying, understand how fragile that is. Like understand how fragile your love is, like how fragile your emotions are and don't mess with it. Like don't, you're like a gazelle. You're easily started, easily you know, scared, easily, um, sent away, you know, bounding off, (laughs) you know, and so your heart takes off running pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so know that about yourself and don't just play around in this area. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this with dating. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it's all fueled by. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And, and it's also saying this to the people around, like, cause I'm thinking daughters of Jerusalem, or this is like, this is saying like, the people around know how fragile she is. Don't mess with her. Like she, she is meant to be, her love is meant to be awakened once, you know? Okay. So this is like on the human level, but I'm also just thinking on the, this, like this whole heavenly picture that we have here of, of just how this whole process is not something it's, it's an emotional process. Like as the bride, there's an emotional process that we have to go through because we're, we're on this earth. You know, we've, we are human, we have human emotions and, um, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, you know, how this is working here, but I'm thinking, Oh, daughters of Jerusalem. These are the people that are like zealous for God. Like they're like, they've caught the vision, Jerusalem, they're running with it. And they just want to go running, getting all the rest of the bride ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, which, can, which is a good thing, a good which motivation. Is a, it is a good <laughs> thing not to be, but it's almost like the bridegroom is going, okay, listen, in your zeal, you might just startle 
the bride <laughs> right. and just send them all scattering, right. you know, like, and so I just love the, like the, the genuine, like gentleness and thoughtfulness of the bridegroom and that you hear in this. You yeah. Know? He's, he's initiating a process here that's going to awaken voluntary love. You see, don't waken her love until it, until she pleases basically. Yeah. And he's, he's setting up all these situations in her life to awaken love mm-hmm. to in draw her, her to him. Yeah. In a voluntary way. Yeah. It's not coerced. It's not manipulated. Yeah. Love is being awakened in you and me uh-huh. out there, you know, listening love. God is setting up human history for our love to be awakened and, and it'll be voluntary. It'll be yeah. this voluntary love. We will be so convinced that yeah. he loves us that we're just going to be ravished and we're going to be uh, totally in awe of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking <laughs> the picture that's coming to mind. We have these donkeys here, okay? And they're a little bit skittish, like, but you can actually ride them. And so sometimes there will be some of the older girls here on the campus and they'll go out trying to coerce the donkeys to come and be ridden by them. <laughs> and so they'll bring out the like bits of apple and talk to them nicely and gently walk around them and see, you know, if they can get them to come and, you know, be led to them. Because they're not scary, you know, but it's this, it's this thing of building trust, you know. And then one of my little children goes out and goes, I want to get the donkeys. <laughs> and they go <laughs> running <laughs> into the field with the donkeys. And then the donkey goes running, you know, and it's like, ah, uh, they were so close. <laughs> like we were really building a good trusting thing here. He's coming so close. And then you just startled him and now he's running again. And so I'm just kind of thinking of like within this picture of the bride of, um, you know, which so many aspects there of the bride. Um, but like there's so many different parts of the bride and God is going to draw them all and it's going to be done in gentleness and stuff. And this, this is something that is something I've been really meditating on a lot is just the gentleness of God and like just his mercy and how he's called us to that, especially in the new Testament. There's so many exhortations to be gentle and patient and and i really feel like that's that place of of him drawing the bride you know it's going to be a place of gentleness not of startling of you know breaking trust in that in i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah that's good well may you be encouraged out there we pray that you are strengthened and that you would be confident in that banner of love that's over you that you go forth and you would see god's victory even like that army that had the banners going over them that you will see victory in your life over the enemy mm-hmm. that you be strengthened today mm-hmm. amen this is brayden and tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom he is coming quickly 